You know how we do it. Start your day off right, my friends. Start read the words. Read the words, baby. Start your welcome to Wake Up Legendary. My name's Dave Sharp. Ah, that's good. That's good stuff. My friends, we have yet another amazing guest this morning. Her name is Nicole, and she was staring at bankruptcy, and she went from doing that to retiring her husband in six months. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. No, you're so very, so very welcome. Where are you calling in from? Reno, Nevada. As you were discussing with Joanne backstage there a moment ago, we got double trouble in Reno, Nevada. Watch out. Joanne and I are going to go cause a ruckus. <laughs> I don't know that. Well, I mean, you know, you definitely have the time and money now. So uh, look out, look out. So what led you to, to legendary? How did you, how did you find us? What were you looking for? And did you find what you were looking for? Definitely found and so much more than what I was looking for. Mm. Um, I basically, I was just looking for ways to make money online um, with my husband going through chemo and we had to pay for chemo out of pocket. And that is insanely expensive. Um, and it didn't make a lot of sense for me to go back to the school district because basically my entire paychecks would go towards daycare. So we we're like in a rock and a hard place. So I went searching for ways to make money online and I kept seeing you know, posts about um, affiliate marketing, about um, legendary itself. And I sat there for two months before I finally decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try this. And I tried it and here we are. And it's incredible. And like I said, that's, you know, so much more than what I was looking for. The community, the friends that I've made, like I'm blown away by, I'm constantly telling people there's no other community out there like legendary. Oh, that's really sweet. And people love you. People love you. Nicole is the one that I found legendary. I've wow. been following Nicole for a long time. So yeah, you got you got some uh, you got some people who are happy to see you Thanks. on the show this morning. And for any of you who are looking to go and follow Nicole more, you can find her over at TikTok and Instagram at passive underscore mommy underscore income. So okay, wow. Let me you just. You're getting a hat throw right off the rip because I tell you what, you just you just dropped a whole lot for us to unpack there, right in those in that first sixty seconds. So, hubby had cancer and needed chemo. Mm -hmm. You're a teacher, right? Worked in education for fifteen years. Yeah, worked, worked in education for fifteen years. Mm -hmm. No way that you had the money to be able to pay for everything, including now treatments and everything that came along with probably him not being able to work, I would assume, or at least being limited. And all of this has happened to you and your family in, in how recently over the last year? Yeah. Father's day weekend, uh, right at the week after father's day weekend last summer was when he had surgery. And then he started chemo in October and did chemo October through January of this year. I hope and pray he's doing better now. Yes, he's doing amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And 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 hopefully some of that is from getting being home more and getting more love and getting more rest and in getting all the treatment that he needs and deserves, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that man deserves the world. <laughs> Hence the reason I did all of this. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in this time, 
you've now been able to retire him as well, which is kind of the the hit in all this. I mean, this is the real kind of like those were the struggles. We, we've got some wins, though. Not only is Hubby doing great, he's getting everything he deserves, and you've retired him? <laughs> Essentially, he, he does a lot of work with me now, actually. Sure. Um, and he, he does still have his own business that he does a little bit on the side, but, um, yeah, when he was going through chemo, he had to get another insurance job. Um, and it just, oh gosh, it was, it was killing him, like watching him do both. And it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. So, and and still, it wasn't cutting, it wasn't cutting, you know, um, just what we needed day to day. Right, right. Right. There was more, there was more as, you know, in other words, there was more month at the end of the money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So when did you start with us? When did you, when did you find us? And what did those first few, whether it was days, weeks, months, how long did you look like, tell us those beginning, that beginning kind of starting period of when you, when you found us. Yeah. Let's see. I started in December so I must have found you October-ish. Um, and I sat there and I watched. I sat and I watched and I sat and I watched. Um, and finally, I mean, because October, that was when, you know, the chemo started. And so as the months, you know, went, our, our savings was significantly dropping. And come December, you know, not having any money to get your kids presents. My parents were literally paying our heater bills so that we could keep our kids warm at night. Like I had just had enough and I said, screw it. And actually my husband is the one. So I had the $7 training like up on my computer screen and I didn't tell him, I didn't, I told no one that I was even looking into this. He walked past my computer screen. He's like, why aren't you doing this? So it was him that gave me that last little like shove to do it. Um, and What's his name, Justin, Shout out Justin <laughs> Shout out Justin, for the motivation there. Yeah, for sure. During tough times at rock bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I jumped in in December, um, did the $7 training um, right off the bat during chemo, during Christmas, during my son's birthday is the same exact time frame. Like it was just, it was a hot mess, but I got it done. Um, started the blueprints right away and I launched essentially my first post or whatever on January 31st of this year. So basically six months on the dot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're like three, three days past exactly six months, I think, mm -hmm. right? July, January, March, April, May, June. No, uh, whatever. We're there. <laughs> we're in yeah. that, we're in that, we're in that zone. So so Justin pushed you over kind of the edge of like, Hey, <laughs> what's that? What are you doing with it? Like that looks like something that, that you should look into or follow through with. What was it like to initially go through those first few challenge videos? What do you remember feeling? What do you remember thinking? <laughs> I remember being like, what the hell is this? <laughs> because it just like, this is such a foreign concept to me, such a foreign world to me. I had no idea that it even existed. Um, let alone like all the technicalities that go with it. And I mean, just, just everything I was like information overload. But at that point I had basically made up my mind to push through it. Um, and I had the best business advisor who was always available for, you know, questions and concerns and all that. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, I just remember feeling super, super overwhelmed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's a normal feeling, right? You now know that that's like, that means that you're not, well, it could lead to a breakdown, mm -hmm. but it's usually the, it's usually the, the dawn before the day, the, you know, the, they say it's, I don't remember the exact phrase on that, but, um, you know, you're right around the corner of a breakthrough. We, right. we, we oftentimes interpret that as a breakdown and it ended up, uh, or, or it usually can end up being a breakthrough if you follow through with it. So you're super overwhelmed. You just, you're going through all of this, any, like in your personal life, uh, there's more month at the end of the money. You also decide to continue to invest in your education what 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 was that like? Oh, buddy. Okay, so it's funny because I've been starting to get this question quite often, which I don't have a problem with. Um, but basically, people are like, "Well, if you were that dead broke, how did you, you know, pay for the blueprints?" And we <laughs> we we spent our entire savings. We maxed out all but one credit card. And so what happened was, and I don't think I don't think I would recommend this to everybody. So let's just preface that. But we had one credit card left and it was one of those crappy credit cards with a super high interest rate that automatically deducts the payment from your bank account every month. It's the one that you never want to touch. Right. Um, and we, we saved that one for God forbid our heater went out or we needed tires or something, right. Just something catastrophic that would have just put us over the edge. Um, and we put the blueprints on that card. We knew at this point, we knew that we were all in. Um, and that, and we knew that we needed to do something drastic in order to turn everything around. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did, we put the blueprints on that one crappy credit card. Um, praise God, I was able to pay it off in what, like a month and a half or something like that. Um, but it was total leap of faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. You said something there that, that struck me and I can relate to doing something extreme. Like needing to do something that that jars your your whole being into yeah. almost like vib vibrating you right out of your your uh, normal kind of thinking and everyday feeling and going about your day. Right, you you have to do something. Remove yourself from an environment. Um, yeah. Go and um, de declare something out loud to people either in person or on social media, like put yourself out there for, for most of us, that is what doing something extreme means. And for me, it's always been usually the most effective ex extreme thing that I can do is like go and declare what I'm doing or sort of, sort of, um, you know, humble myself and, and, and acknowledge like, this is where I'm at right now. And this is kind of, I'm going to let all the walls down and I'm going to let all the image management down and I'm going to let all the facades down, which are usually only in my own head anyways. Yeah. And, and, and this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And I'm on day one. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's, it's the whole idea of like going all in, all in. And that's exactly what I did is I went all in. And I'm lucky enough to have had the support of my husband and my parents at this time knew what we were doing too. But literally that was it. But yeah, I went all in. Yeah. I love that. I love that word um, all in. Uh, I've used it several times throughout my career, um, you know, to, to not to obviously saying go all in can be something, a term that can be used about buying something. Right. Right. But it's, 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 there's always, 
And the way that I've always intended is the same way that you're talking about. Money is something that we put way more value on than our emotional inventory and how much we are willing to invest emotionally in something, right? Um, we, we value those dollars, that dollar, dollar bill, y'all like it's like, it's who we are. Like, it's like, there's not any more of it left on this earth. You know, um, when the, when the true precious resource, when the true limited resource is our emotions and our energy Mm -hmm. and our time, time, of course. Mm -hmm. And so the commitment to go all in with something like that is really the big deal. And you know what? I tell people this in response to questions about buying courses and investing in themselves. It's like, do whatever you're uncomfortable with, right? Because I, I can't say do what you're comfortable with because that would mean stay the same. But do do whatever you're uncomfortable with, but don't do something that's going to... Um, that's going to put you in some sort of, that's going to get you kicked out of your house next week. Right. It's going yes. to, that's, that, that, that's not going to get your children fed, but you know right. what? I have never met a single person who said I'm broke and then invested in themselves or bought something and, and, and couldn't feed themselves. Mm-hmm. We there's all, I mean, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in the universe or just your own personal resourcefulness, you get provided for, right? Mm-hmm. There tends to be a, 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 an energy flow between God, the universe, others, that when you are trying and you are putting forth the effort, you get provided for. Oh, it yeah. doesn't, you know, I'm not particularly one that believes that if we all just sit on our hands and pray, mm-hmm. that everybody's going to be provided for. That mm-hmm. I don't really go for that, right? No. I believe that you know, as they say, faith without works is mm-hmm. dead, right? Mm-hmm. We need to move our feet. Yeah. And and I think this is another great example, your story of going all in both financially, right? In your case, but also <laughs> emotionally, mentally, and with your time and being rewarded. So talk to us a little bit about your time management at the beginning, since you were the one who mentioned that. Talk to us a little bit about how you made it work in, in, in terms of learning the skills and getting things set up, picking your niche and getting started without yeah. massive delay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I got going right off the bat. Um, gosh, I mean, it was, again, it was during, during chemo. So we had to manage that. We had, um, I have two young children. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And at the time she was two. Um, gosh, honestly, that I keep telling people, I'm like, this is the nooks and crannies of your day. I know that that sounds like super cliche, but it really is. It's the nooks and crannies of your day. Um, and I would carve out specifically during nap time um, where I would sit down and I would study the material. And I told my husband, because I, I prior to this had a tendency to like take courses and then like kind of put my own spin on it. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do, like exactly what they tell me to do. Um, and as like, we joke about it, we're like, I, I just listened and followed directions. <laughs> I really did. Um, but I did, I, I, you know, soaked up all the knowledge during nap time specifically. I did what I could to set things up, um, in the nooks and crannies of my day. Um, I'm again, I'm lucky enough that my parents were pretty supportive. So they would take the kids occasionally. And then I would hammer some stuff out, like setting up my funnel, for instance, it took me, gosh, I want to like 
six hours or something like that. But I got it all done in one day. And it's once it's up and running, it's up and running. Right. Um, and gosh, just it took me so long to figure out filming and reels. And I mean, I am not a social media savvy person. It does not come naturally to me. Um, mm. It's not something I'm still overly comfortable with. So I think that to me was the harder part because that was letting go of my own insecurities, letting go of my own, you know, thoughts in my head of what, you know, what are other people going to think? What happens if people find me literally, but again, going all in and just dropping all of that and letting mm. it go and just allowing myself to grow in this process. Um, yeah. But again, just back to the time, like just nooks and crannies and nap time. I mean, really, that's, that's still what you're doing. Right. I mean, I would assume that, that you're still maybe a little bit more freedom because I, I you know, it sounds like hubby's home and or at least around because he's retired doesn't mean he's not still working his ass off but he's retired by mama okay shout out justin <laughs> living the good life okay he loves um, it yeah and so uh i would assume that you're still kind of you, you know you've evolved that time management um a bit now more but do, don't you still find that you know you're still finding because now all of a sudden you're filling time with activities and fun stuff. So we find we work in the nooks and crannies even as we become more successful in, in yeah. many respects, right? Yeah. I basically took almost the entire month of July off. Um, I did, you know, my basic posts every single day, um, never missed a day, but I, I really did. I took the majority of July off. We went on two different vacations. We had two sets of friends come into town. Like, and I still made money because of what I learned through Legendary. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you're so right. You, you're, you're touching on so many things. I've seen people fumbling the, the ball all over the place about the funnels and making a big deal out of it and, and kicking and screaming and complaining all the way. And all of that is fine to do as long as you don't quit. But yeah. if you fumble... And start complaining and, you know, poor me and this is so hard and what funnel builder should I even go with? It's like, do you realize you're complaining about shopping right now? Yeah. You know, like yeah. this is literally a first world problem. This is <laughs> not a, this is not a hardship. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're choosing between which vendor, supplier, tool, you're, yeah. and, and let me put this in perspective for those of you who are in that process right now. Imagine me as a construction worker back in the day, going into Home Depot every day and saying, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't need any help, Bill. Thank you. I'm just here uh, once again today looking over these hammers, just uh, trying to figure out if I want to go with a craftsman or a DeWalt here. Don't No, I'll be here for a couple of more hours. I might kick and scream over here in the aisle, but don't mind me. I'll be back tomorrow, you yeah. know. It's yeah. like, who would do that? You know, I mean, you go into Home Depot, you, you buy a damn hammer for the most part. They they all do the same job. And um, you're going to have to learn. Maybe I should I should use a, a, a more complicated example, the drill. You're still going to have to learn how to use the damn thing, whether you go with a Ryobi or whether you go with a DeWalt. 
you're mm-hmm. still going to have to learn the speed. You're still going to have to learn, you know, how much pressure do you apply to the trigger? You know, yeah. you know, how, you know, how much life's in the battery, all these kind of things. There's going to be frustrations that you're going to have with a particular drill, but it's still a blessing to have a business and have the opportunity to be able to choose and try out and, and play with and learn how to use these tools. Um, it, it really is right. What comes up for you when I talk about some of the frustrations of the technical stuff, was that a thing for you? And what did you tell yourself as you, because obviously you pushed through it. So what did you notice as far as the soundtrack that was coming up? Did you, did you take that soundtrack off the record player and put on another one? Maybe you could touch on a little bit of your mindset development that's happened over the past six months. Yeah. So I actually have a history in um, life coaching. I'm actually a master certified life coach. So I I do have a skill set that I feel like not everybody has, but it took me years to develop this skill set. Right. And I can recognize when I am literally just fumbling over things that don't matter. Mm. And so being able, like, again, the funnels and it was like, okay, I'm not going to say who I was talking to, but basically like, which one should I use? And I caught myself. I'm like, well, hold on. Like I still have to learn it regardless. Exactly. Like what you're saying about the tools or the hammer and the, the drill. I still have to learn it regardless. Like just freaking pick one and move on. Like you're wasting precious time here. Um, and so just again, recognizing what's going on in your head to me is such a huge piece to this mm-hmm. um, because you know, 90% of the time your brain is totally lying to you and telling you just crap that doesn't, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's not applicable when you really stop to think about it. So, but that's the thing is you have to learn how to stop and think about what's happening in your brain. What are the thoughts that are, um, causing you to be in this analysis paralysis essentially? And are you going to let that hold you back? Are you going to work through it and keep pushing forward and actually find success? Because for me at the time I had made up my mind that no, this was going to work, period. There was no other option but for this to work. Just failure was not an option at all for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just working through all the thoughts that were coming up in my head and and moving past, choosing to move past that analysis paralysis, choosing to move past the, I'm so uncomfortable showing my face on social media. Okay, well, yeah, I'm uncomfortable, but am I, un- you know, what's more uncomfortable, showing my face on social media or declaring bankruptcy? I think I'll take so showing my sh- my face on social media. Mm. Oh man, you got to choose your misery, baby. You got to choose your misery. And here's the other thing. If let me say this real loud and clear, if you don't choose your misery, folks, somebody else is going to choose it for you. Yeah. Right? So yeah. would we rather choose our own misery and say, "This is my misery. This is my pain. This is my challenge." This is my challenge to overcome. I chose this, right? Then going and having somebody else choose our path, knowing damn well we're going to hate it and kick and scream and complain about it every step of the way, right? Not even particularly because it's hard, but because somebody else is telling us what to do. Which I have a problem with, but yeah, yeah, I I would way rather, you know, have it be within my control 
this hard, this uncomfortableness, I'd way rather have it be in my control than being like, oh, well, when's the bank coming? Like, you know, I, I no, I'm, I'm going to take control of my life. I'm not going to sit in victim mentality. I mean, could I have? Sure. Like we, we had a horrible year, but like, am I going to sit in that or am I going to do something about it? So I did something. Yeah. You, you had a year to remember for sure. And one that is nice so, so nice for you to share with us um, because it reminds us that, you know what, my problems today are not that bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the power of sharing. That's the power of real, honest sharing, not to um, sharing pain, a pain shared as a pain lessened. Why? especially in a safe environment where people are not judging, but we're just learning and we're listening and we're validating and we're not minimizing or trying to one up or trying to tell war stories or anything, which thank God I went through that sort of life training and recovery, right? Yeah. Cause I used to be a war story guy. Yeah. Um, when I was 24 getting clean from drugs and alcohol coming off of being on the streets and somebody would share their shit and I'd be like, well, let me share some shit with you. Yeah. And it's like, I, I really had to be mentored and taught to listen and to, to, to that my problems that there's always somebody out there that's got it worse than me. And there's also somebody out there who's who's working just as hard as I am. And that if I want to, if I want to get ahead in life, if I want to win, if I want to, if I want to succeed, you know, I have to really get comfortable with, with developing my work ethic. And I am not entitled to shit. I really yeah, am true. not entitled to shit. Yes. And, and, and a lot of us think that we are, you know, we think we're entitled to success. And I think, I think society sort of sets us up with that unrealistic expectation that what, what, what do you want to be when you grow up little Johnny? Oh, you want to be an astronaut? Well, make sure you get good grades and make sure you go to college and make sure you get that degree and make sure you work 40 hours for 40 years for somebody because then you could be an astronaut and retire. And then we go to you know high school, we get good grades, we do we're good little boys, we're good little girls, unless you're Dave Sharp. But we <laughs> we we follow the 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 path for, for the most part. And, and then we get that degree we hang it up on our wall. So I don't have shit hanging up on my wall. I don't have any degrees, right? <laughs> so it's like we get the degree. We're like, okay, time for the job, right? And then it's like, it's like <laughs> two weeks into the job, you're like, this sucks. Yeah, I can't imagine doing this for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. And then yeah. I have to go get recertified, recertified after recertified after more money and live in a two bedroom, two bathroom house. And I want to live in a mansion. Damn it. I want I want I wanted to be an astronaut. Part of the reason why I wanted to be a ball player when I was young personally was because I did want to drive a nice. I knew they made a lot of money for playing a game that they loved. Part right. of it was I wanted to live good. Who grows up thinking, yeah, I, I want to live, you know. I want to live uh, in, in, in a, a mediocre car. life. Like I want to live a mediocre yeah. life. I want to drive a, a mediocre mid-size, you know, no offense to anybody who drives a Prius. It's just the one that's coming to my head right now. You know, I want to grow up and I want to drive a Prius and I want to live in a, a, a small apartment and I want to barely be able to afford dog food. 
right, and have to decide if I'm going to pay my electric bill or get groceries and not be able to go out to have a date night or see a movie, have to yeah. constantly juggle around my Netflix and HBO subscriptions because I can only afford one per month. It's yeah. like that's – and then, God forbid, a medical emergency hits. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't realize that we're only – one medical emergency away from complete financial destruction. And most people don't have the desire and the drive and the resourcefulness that you and your husband have and had to, to start something. Um, and actually, you know, imagine if you hadn't and, and, you know, not to go into spiraling out in negative thoughts right now, but where do you think you would be right now if you had not started this journey six months ago? Oh gosh. I probably would be a pre-kindergarten teacher again and taking my kids to school with me and hating it. <laughs> I don't want to go back to that. I did that for 15 years. I don't want to do that again. Um, Justin would be for sure working an insurance job that he doesn't want to be working. I don't know if we'd have this house or not. I truly don't. Um, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's, it's terrifying. Well, and then to think too, like we kind of like screwed our credit up there for a while because of the whole credit cards not being able to. So like, I don't even know, would we even like, would my parents have to co-sign on an apartment? Like on an apartment, I don't know. Rates are really high right now and trying to get a home, get into a new home with a mortgage is, is a lot more expensive than it was a few years ago. Seriously. Times have changed. I think looking at the alternative is always a powerful exercise you know it's like i'm here but where could i be mm-hmm. like and also giving myself credit and celebrating my wins it's like i you know i am on the path right now to changing my life i know exactly where the hell i'm going to be if i do nothing i'm going to be right here or worse right like that is predictable it's mm-hmm. it's i know exactly where i'm going to be mm-hmm. i have no idea where i could go Right. If I actually apply myself and take action and try. And so we're met with these scary moments like starting a training, setting up our funnels, getting on camera. You said you weren't a social media person. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like of putting yourself out there? Yeah, I think honestly, that was my personal like that was my hurdle, my biggest hurdle. Um, to overcome, especially, like I said, I told no one aside from Justin and my parents that I was doing this. Um, and I, and people started to find me and like my sister-in-law, she sends me a text one day. She's like, uh, is this you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's me. (laughs) Surprise. Um, but, and again, people are like, we're so surprised to find me because I don't do social media or prior to this did not do social media unless like somebody's dog was loose or something like that. Um, it, I was so worried about what other people would think or would I look stupid or would I, 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 I don't know. Because I, again, I had to work through that. Like, okay, well, what does stupid actually mean? Like, and a, who says it's stupid, who defines um, basically that, who defines that, you know? And so what their, their opinions are not going to pay my bills. I had to continually remind myself that Mm. other people's opinions are not going to pay my bills. And anybody who is not supportive, screw you. (laughs) Like, if you don't want to support me and what I'm desperately trying to do and get my family out of this situation, then bye, you don't need a place in my life. Like really. Um, 
so again, just focusing on, on that. And then again, recognizing like those thoughts of I, I, that's the one that kept coming up for me. Oh, I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to look dumb. Okay. Again, defining like, what is, what does that mean for me? And do I actually want to subscribe to that? Or do I want to, again, put my own thoughts into this and choose my own thoughts of, I'm just going to do something new. Why not? <laughs> but yeah, it was a continual, like con still, honestly, still, I have to work through like, just being uncomfortable it's still not like supernatural for me yet <laughs> yeah and i mean obviously there's some things that help out along the way i know you've made over six figures in the past six months um and i i'm i'm comfortable letting everybody know that here because we've given the full context of how long you've you've you know we've given your full story so everybody can see that it wasn't just an overnight um magic trick and mm -hmm. so you know Obviously, I'm going to assume that seeing some money roll in helped build the confidence, right? Can, can you talk to us about the things that, that you know, we, we're clear and I think all of us either are or have experienced everything that you just said? Even me, I know. People, people put me on a pedestal and think that I, I feel no fear. But my friends... I am a sweaty, anxious mess a lot of the day, okay? And, and it's just my nature. Uh, I've learned to live with it. I've learned to live with my anxiety, sober as a son of a bitch. Uh, you know, just this is who I am. I know the alternative if I start to try to medicate with the zannies and the, and the booze and all this other kind of stuff. I already know where that takes me, so that's not an option for me. Um, I'm already crystal clear about that. So I need to develop alternative coping mechanisms for my feelings, for my anxiety. So I can relate to everything that you've just said. Um, uh, the money has helped you keep going. Tell us what else, what things rolled in and happened that, that, that gave you that, no, F this, I got this. Yeah. So definitely the money, like, let's be honest, that was super helpful. Um, being able to, I keep going back to like my husband being, I mean, he was home where he was working from home regard, you know, beforehand, but like knowing the load that is off of his back to not have to work two full-time jobs. Like I can never, never let him go back to work. Like, I just can't, I can't Aww. watching him like finally relax after what he's gone through is worth its weight in gold. Um, so that is like, no, we're, we're never going back to that again. Um, but where am I going with this? Come back thought. <laughs> I don't know, but you are so sweet, like such a loving, sweet wife, man. I just want to, you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves credit. We're always like, and I can tell you are somebody who just loves on people and who is always thinking about other people and you're a care giver, caretaker, just probably on the brink of codependency in some respects, right? Because you're always, you know, I used to about, be okay. Yeah. Everybody else, right? Um, uh, yeah. Or it's in your nature, right? It, you yeah, it's in my nature for sure. But again, having the skill set of you know from life coaching, being able to like recognize, like, whoa, 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 okay, boundaries, Absolutely. boundaries, Nicole. <laughs> Absolutely. I just want to, I just want to acknowledge you and just tell you that the you are such a sweet person and a sweet, loving wife. And man, you know, your husband clearly deserves everything that he has the way that you talk about him and, and, and about who he is. But, um, man, he and your family are 
are really lucky to have you. And so can you talk to us about the development of your confidence and your self-esteem and finding your identity or renewed identity through this process over the past six months? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I've had to really stop a lot along the way and recognize what I've accomplished. Um, Again, particularly not being comfortable on social media and always like fighting that doubt, fighting that like uh, perfectionism. And so I've had to really like force myself or my husband has been like, "Um, hello, do you realize like what you've done? Come on, (laughs) there's something there. Um, But really, really, um, and I tell people this all the time, like stop along the way and like recognize the what you've built recognize the wins the small wins because it's a crap ton of small wins that lead to that ultimate big win or big wins um but if you don't stop and like along your journey and actually recognize the hard work that you're putting in and the growth that you've made and the things that you've overcome it's so easy to get lost in the mess of um, always striving for more, always wanting more, always wanting it to be different, always wanting it to be perfect. If you do not stop along the way to recognize your wins, you're you're just putting yourself in a, in a spot where you're just you're probably going to lose yourself in what you're doing, and you're not going to know where you're going anymore. Like that trajectory is just going to be like all over the place because you're not just stopping. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I and so many can relate to that. I mean, would you would you consider yourself somebody who previously was a grass is greener on the other side girl and always looking at or at, at a certain time in your life was looking at other people's lives and comparing your insides to their outsides? Yeah, there's always been like, I, I've always struggled with like a comparison syndrome type of thing of like, yeah. oh, I'm not like looking at somebody who has something that I want, I'd be like, well, I'm not good enough to get that. Mm. Um, or I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm like all the bullshit that goes through your head. Mm. Um, there's always there, you know, that I feel like that's human nature, but again, stopping and like, you have to stop and recognize what's going on in your brain. But yeah, that's definitely something that I've always struggled with. I think. So seeing yourself on camera and listening to your voice over the past six months and and seeing what you're capable of and seeing what you've been able to produce and create and how you've changed your entire family's trajectory. And yes, you have done that. Surely your husband and your family are a huge part of that. But we're talking about you right now, Nicole. Are, Are you do you? Do you have you fallen in love with yourself in a new and different way over the past six months than before? I think that would be fair to say. I think I found a piece like I found a fighter in me that I didn't really know was there. Mm. Um, And I tell people this. I'm like, I literally feel like I was backed in a corner and I had the choice to either like, you know, lay down and die or to come out swinging. And I came out swinging and I'm like, whoa, (laughs) Okay, so I I am capable of so much more than Mm. what I thought I was. And not gonna lie, there is a piece of me that's like, to the people who are like, I know that there's people out there who are thinking, oh, dang, I can't believe she did that. And so like, there is like, you know, my pride there for sure. I'm like, eh, I did it. Um, I am goose bumping up. I'm goose bumping up. (laughs) I, I am so... God, that was like really, really, really powerful. I mean, 
to to be reintroduced to ourselves. It's like that's kind of like one of the ways that I've I, I put it because sometimes we're introduced to ourselves and we know a version of ourselves for so many years and that's who we think we are, right? We're the whatever labels we put on ourselves, right? You just said a few of them, not pretty enough, not skinny enough, not this enough, not smart enough, not successful enough, not a type personality enough, not photogenic enough, not, you know, th this or that, all the different shit, yes. right? And it's like we then build an identity where we're we're all the time you know, meeting new people and excited to follow new people and to see their journey and what they're capable of and the fighter in them and all this different shit. And that's where we get our sources of inspiration. And that's where we get our, you know, entertainment from. And that's where we get our education from. And it's just like outside validation, outside learning, outside, outside, outside everything. Yeah. But I'm just the same person. I'm just little old me over here. I already know who I am. You already know who I am. So let's not give me too much credit over here because this is just the box that I've already decided to put myself in. Yeah. In all the labels on, on the outside of the box. And then it's like we do something like this. And I had the same thing. I mean, I was like, I am a... I am a, a, a junkie, right? Back in 2008 and nine when I started this. I was like, I'm an ex-junkie who I don't know if I'm going to even be able to stay clean. I'm, I was homeless not too long ago. I'm a high school dropout. I was a teenage father, still am, a teenage father, right? Um, I, I have a seven and a, and a two-year-old, but I also have a son that uh, I had when I was 16, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, uh, as a matter of fact, he's on the show right now listening in, working for, for you know. I did um, <laughs> yeah, his name's Alex. Um, so, man, all those labels, man, all those limiting beliefs that I had also placed on myself mm -hmm. and um, and the way that I talked about myself, the way yeah. that I talked about myself to others, the way that I carried myself was all always with so much doubt. You could sense the insecurity. You could sense the defensiveness in me. I was like a, ah, like a, like a little cat that was just ready, just ready to, if I thought anybody was, you know, anybody was, was, was going to say something critical or mean about me when the truth of the matter was, if anybody said to me, the things that I said to myself, I would try to kick their ass. Right. Yeah. Why is it okay that we, we let ourselves talk like that to ourselves when there we would never let somebody else say that to us. I, like I, I truly, yeah, I, I, I feel that for sure. You know, and it was through for me, recovery, of course, you know, uh, Which, I'll never, by the yeah, way, that's incredible. You. I've, I, I remember, I remember I, I got involved in this thing called H and I hospitals and institutions. And, you know, I, this was where we took in a meeting to like a treatment center which I had done before three of them by this time when I was getting clean in 2008. And, and, and they were like, uh, I remember my buddy, Scott, he became a friend and a mentor to me. He was like, well, you're going to share your story tonight. I was like, my what? what? <laughs> my what? Uh, my, my story, <laughs> my story, story. What is this fucking Disney? Is it story time? I don't have a story. Hey, I have a, a, a bunch of skeletons in the closet. I have a box of shit. I have a mess. I don't have a story. This is not Winnie the Pooh. Okay. 
And uh, son of a gun, if I didn't get in that treatment center that night, Sunday, Sunday night, down at the bridge, down on 9th Street and 18th Avenue South, south side of St. Petersburg. And I told my story. And these son of a bitches clapped when I got Well, yeah. <laughs> they clapped. Yeah. And I said, whoa. And they came up to me. Here I am, 90 days clean in 2008. They came up to me and they, they wanted to shake my hand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had just got done living in the, I had a car, but I didn't have a driver's license. And all of my clothes were in the back of my car when I finally got clean and opened the trunk. It stunk so bad. Uh, I had to go to the, 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 you know, the laundry mat and, 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 and just, you know, desanitize everything. Um, but that was where I was 90 days ago. And here I am 90 days later getting a round of applause from, you know, a bunch of people inside of a treatment center because I told my story and, the same thing happened when I did this, when I started to put myself out there and I started to get on camera myself and tell my story and my mission and what I was doing and started to learn about edutainment and, you know, getting my personal personality out there and delivering value and stuff. And that first, that first comment, man, awesome. Thank you. You know? And then that first commission, you know, two dollars and fifty cents or whatever it was. Yeah. And then the first people that opted into my list. And of course, the 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 negativity when the haters rolled in or the people that that <laughs> would, would reply to my automated emails when I, I would send them out, they 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 would say, This is the worst thing I've ever read. And I it would hurt. It hurt. Mm -hmm. It hurt my heart, you know, because I was like, damn, I'm not good enough. You mm -hmm. know, somebody sees that I'm they I'm, see the real me. Yeah, they see how shitty I am, right? Yeah. They see how much of a failure I am. And um, and I heard, uh, you know, I heard uh, an inspiration here and an inspiration there and kept listening and didn't quit before the miracle happened. And for every one of the negative comments, there was a positive comment. There was a positive piece of feedback. And I learned to focus on that more. Yes. And and we learn to re be reintroduced to ourselves. I love that you said, I found a fighter in me because for me, you're right. Struggling with drug addiction and homelessness and being a high school dropout and all these things that I felt like I couldn't overcome for so many years. I felt like there was not a fighter in me. I felt like I was a failure and I was weak, yeah. right? Because yeah. I, and, and I think a lot of us, can relate to this in terms of, well, I've put on weight or I've, I've let myself go, or I have no discipline. I haven't done this, or I've been at this job for how, you know, I don't have any drive anymore. Yeah. Like, it's like, we start to give in to this, like I'm weak, I'm a failure. And then doing something like this does remind us that, holy shit, wait a hold on a second. I, I am a fighter. Mm -hmm. I can, I, 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 I will kick some ass. Mm -hmm. I will fight for my family. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes we got to start out fighting for somebody else because we don't have enough self-esteem to fight for ourselves or we, yes. we don't even remember what it's like to fight for ourselves. Yes. Right. Yes. But eventually, eventually we start to become inspired by our own story yes. instead of being tell me, are you to that point now to where 
you are inspired by your own fight in the things that you let's put your family aside because clearly they're awesome and they're fighters but the things that you have fought through and you have accomplished over the past six months yeah i feel like i'm just kind of starting to come into that honestly in the last like maybe two three months um but again like that's work in terms of like forcing myself to stop and recognize what I've accomplished, how I've grown. Um, and I, I noticed there for a minute that I kind of got a little complacent because I got, you know, I got comfortable. I got like, Oh, okay. I, we're, we're doing this. Okay. Um, and I had to remind myself like, Hey, there's, there's no, there's no growth here. If you're comfortable, like you're not, mm. you're not going to, you're not going to grow. So it's time to get uncomfortable again. Um, and so that's you when you're going like, on those vacate. You were like, just like, I got like, this is, I'm, I'm good. Like I've yeah. like, I've hit a certain milestone and it's almost like a fear of success. Right. Because it's oh, like, yeah. I've gotten this much. Let me quit. Almost like it's gambling. Let me quit yes. while I'm ahead. Right. That's a great way to put it. Of it's almost like gambling. I'm quit while you're ahead. Type. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Um, and I have to like remind myself, like, okay, well, if you're not that I'm thinking about quitting, that's not the case at all. But like, there is that piece of like, whoa, if I'm thinking about quitting, or if I'm thinking about um, relaxing too much, or if I'm thinking about kind of like you know easing off the gas pedal, then I'm not doing enough doing. <laughs> um, and I have to look like again, kind of this whole new like concept of like, whoa, I am a fighter and like, okay, so I fought through that. So what else, what's the next thing that I, I'm going to, that I want to fight through at this point, because now it's a choice. Right. Mm, um, mm, and looking that, for that next, like, okay, nugget. it's time. Keep yeah, it's fighting time to until, until your battles are a choice. Yeah. Keep oh, fighting yes. Until your battles to where you can pick. Now I'm going to fight through this. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, correct. Yeah, exactly. So like bringing just ready to level up and go to that next step is terrifying. But it's knowing that, OK, I can sit here and be complacent or I can fight through this next battle. And so I feel like I'm in this spot now where I am, I don't have to do, you know, this next step, but I am choosing to do this next step, but I have to regularly remind myself like, Nicole, you're a badass. Like you can do this. You can totally do this. Like, look what you've already gone through. This is nothing compared to that. Like get up and do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I do feel like in the last couple of months, I'm really starting to look at like, oh, wow. Okay. All right. You got this girl. Like, come on. <laughs> I really, that's not an analogy I've ever used before, the the gambling and let me quit while I'm ahead. But I really feel like that is a, a I feel like that's a common thought that us entrepreneurs who are, <coughs> you know, who come from a background of maybe low self-esteem or maybe a lot of self-doubt or maybe lacking or battling with our own confidence. I mean, me. I'm talking about me, right? I mean, I am. Anybody else can who can relate can say amen. But I, it, you know, over the years as I've hit new levels, you know, I've had a lot of tendency to want to run and like go hide. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, like, okay, I've made it to this. I've made it yeah. to this level. Let me go and run and hide real quick before I screw this up. Right. And before I, I don't even know, I don't even know what the hell I'm like afraid of or what I'm thinking is going to happen, but I just want to like run and hide yes. because it's like it's or cash out or whatever. It's like, okay, I I've, I've hit this, this, this level it's, 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 I've gotten lucky. Um, 
all this and 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 let me just kind of just quit while I'm ahead type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that that is that fear of success. That is that fear of stepping into my own power and keeping this thing going yeah. and in 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 inviting the next challenge and looking at everything as you know, look, this is an opportunity for me to grow. You know, this, this, it's not, I don't always have to, I think for me in my life, I became so addicted to like struggle, growing, like struggling through struggles that, that growing through like struggling through positive growth challenges, like leveling up, yeah, like was not the type of thing that I was addicted to. I was addicted to self sabotage. Mm-hmm. I was addicted to coming back up to baseline. Okay, yeah. you, you know what I mean. Not 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 leveling up in baselines down here, but coming just back up to normal like stuff. Like Even if you like, think back yeah. to like somebody who deals struggle with addiction, it was like that was me constantly piecing my life back together in my teenage and early twenties. That was me. And there were many relapses that I had leading up to 2008 when I finally got clean at 24 years old. And I went to treatment for 16 months when I was 21. Right. That was a court ordered thing that I got blessed with, with from the courts. Okay that I got, I got blessed with instead of going to prison, they sent me to a freaking DOC department of corrections treatment center for 16 months. And that's where I was introduced to 12 step recovery that saved my life. Mm -hmm. But when I got out of there, I relapsed. I Mm -hmm. screwed up. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was back down below baseline after putting this sobriety in my life back together for 16 months. And so when I finally got clean in 2020, in, in 2008, I was 24 years old. It, you know, I was just really trying to hold on to baseline. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so like my first kind of thing was like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to go out and start my own construction company and kind of cut the umbilical cord from my dad because I was sleeping on his couch. And I went out on a couple of estimates. I remember I went out on one estimate and damn near cut my finger off in front of the potential investor <laughs> to drive me to the emergency room on the free estimate. Right. And I'm going, oh, my God, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? And, yeah. and then it was MLMs and everything. And then finally I came online and I was like, all right, let me try to do this from the comfort of my own home. Okay, let me try to do this. Get the camera, the cheap laptop. <laughs> we're gonna give this a go, right? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't say iPhone. We were doing flip phone little camera devices. But let me give this a go, and I'll tell you what. I came alive when I started talking and I started sharing and I started telling my story and I started having an outlet. It was pretty therapeutic as well. Yes. There's some therapeutic value. You're saying, yes, what's coming up for you? Yeah. It's, I think it's the same thing for me. Like I don't share my story as of like, Oh, look what I did or look, you know what we've gone through. And it's not like a badge of honor. Like nobody wants to go through what, what I went through, you know, It, it, but it's the idea of, again, knowing that there's that fighter in me and wanting other people to find that fighter in them. And if sharing my story provides an avenue for them to even just get curious about, you know, where that fighter is in them, hell yeah, it's worth it. 
oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there's, there, it, there's definitely, and again, being that, you know, I'm a natural born teacher. I, I, I love coaching and, you know, all of that sort of thing. And so being able to help people with this and help people find that fighter in them, there is a piece of that, a large piece of that, that like fuels me that mm. like, okay, Nicole, yeah, you're this, this, oh yes. I love this. I love this. I love watching people get their first commission. I love watching people love getting those texts of, I just got my first hype. Like, oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It just makes me so happy. Yeah. It's nice to see other people win. Um, what's your best piece of content creation, marketing advice, and what platform is working great for you right now? Um, Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm currently going miniature viral on TikTok right now with a talking video about the opportunity with um, digital marketing. So that's awesome to have something like that go semi-viral. Um, but really, I think knowing how to talk to your audience is crucial. And I feel like a lot of people are missing that piece, even with, you know, having the fishing formula, but like really learning to grab their attention and talk to their pain points, talk to who they are as a human, their struggles, what is keeping them awake at night, and then offering a solution. Um, I feel like that's a Again, it's a piece that I think a lot of people are missing or are struggling with. Um, but I like it's a it's like a muscle that you can grow. Like you can learn how to do that. You can develop it. You can get it stronger. Um, yeah. yeah but. And, and is there any way to really give somebody that formula in whole without them practicing? I mean, this is the thing that I find so many people want to be perfect on their first video. Yeah, and it that's just, you know, and, and even people say, well, I've been posting for one week, two weeks, two months. I mean, it's like my friends, many of us have been doing this for, for years, um, some over a decade. Uh, you know, uh, what is the fastest way and what tip would you give people to learn how to be more comfortable talking to people and and in helping in 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 allowing those people who are listening to resonate with them i was just talking to somebody about this the other day actually um and i was telling her practice talking like literally get your phone out record and just sit there and talk to it because i think as soon as this goes in front of somebody's face there's like they shut down and mm. they forget that they're not talking to a camera. They're actually talking to an audience, but they get so focused, hyper-focused on talking to themselves basically. And they psych themselves out. So you get this out and you start recording and you just talk, you talk, you tell your story, you talk about why you love what you do. You talk about the opportunity and you just practice because really that's, that's what's going to bring in that confidence eventually. And you only need a tiny bit of confidence. You just need a tiny bit. And yeah. um, my own coach told me the other day, what did he say? Perfection is the enemy of done. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> yes, because I totally can so easily slip back into that um, aiming for per perfection piece. And if you're aiming for that, A, that it doesn't exist, period. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to hyper-focus on that, you're not going to get anything done and you're not going to move forward, period. So yeah. Get out and practice and quit aiming for perfection. And talk to yourself. I mean, I've always when I'm recording, just like you and I are right now on on this show on this on the computer screen. I mean, I I record where I can see my 
face, right? So I, I'm I'm looking at my face, and yes. we, you and I are looking at both. You're looking at me, but you're also looking at your own face as we sit here on this kind of split screen mm -hmm. um, uh, interview. And I have found I have found a lot of comfort and the ability to be able to relax in just talking to myself, right? And so not only in, in, for me, am I talking to others? But I am talking to myself in a way. And, and I think that, you know, for a lot of us, Nicole, looking at ourselves in the mirror and being comfortable, right? We're always looking for that friendly face. Mm -hmm. but it's not, we never mean our face. Mm -hmm. We always mean somebody else's face. And I think a lot of this process is about making friends with yourself mm -hmm. because yeah. you on every webinar, every FaceTime, phone call, video, everything that you do in this digital and virtual world from this day forward, that you are going to be looking at yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. There is, and there is never going to be a time where you look or hear and say, perfection. I am the most beautiful, most pure, perfect voice. I love everything about it. There's never going to be that time. So you have to fall in love or at least become friends and become familiar and, and develop your face as that friendly face and get comfortable talking to yourself. Yeah, right? do, yeah do, I totally agree. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so funny. As you were talking about that, I was actually remembering how prior to this experience, public speaking, like I literally would break out in hives, like full blown red hives. Like I would specifically wear, you know, shirts that went up here so that nobody would see my hives. Like, oh yeah. And I, so yes, I totally understand what you're saying. And I love this. I love the idea of, um, making your face the friendly face because ultimately like when you're doing that recording you're you're looking at your face so you're totally yeah. right about that and that's what i was saying it's like going back to practice like talk to yourself talk to yourself in the mirror um it will get better again it's never going to be perfect but it is going to be an ever-evolving thing and if you can get comfortable with talking to just yourself and forget about you know all of that um and just focus on getting your message out there and what you want to say and what you need to say out there yeah. You can you know, do the, it. The other thing that helped me was just finding one look that, that I like. Um, so a lot of times we feel the need when we're recording to like wear something different in every video. And, and <coughs> I can't imagine what ladies or people with long hair who could do different hairstyles and stuff, all the different options. You know, we go into our closet and we've got a million choices there of what we're going to wear. And, you know, all, all these different decisions that lead up to us actually getting in front of the camera. And over the past, you know, over 700 episodes here on Wake Up Legendary, what I found is really helpful is to just find one look that you're comfortable with that is not like, does it make you feel like you're too dressed up, but it also doesn't make you feel like you're too dressed down. It's just, you're comfortable in it. It's just kind of a go-to look and just 
this is my go-to look, right? It's like every day, if you go back and you look at, at, at all these wake up legendary episodes, I am in the same exact clothes. Okay. And guess what? I mean, today I happen to have a black mastermind shirt on, but I mean, it could be a, a be legendary shirt and I get these shirts. I buy them at the same damn place that you would buy them. This is not a major profit center for us. Be legendary dot shop. I mean, Get a white T-shirt, get a purple T-shirt, get a white T-shirt, pick a hairstyle, right? Pick up uh, for the fellas, pick up a facial style for your beard or whatever, and, and just stick with it and just go with it and eliminate all the distractions. I, I don't have them on my desk, but I have a go-to bar that I eat pretty much every morning for breakfast before I do the show. It's a it's a chocolate sea salt RX bar. That's kind of my go-to thing. I have my, you know, couple cups of coffee here. I usually, I drink the same water every day. I'm, I'm out. So I'm in the red solo cups right now, but um, I'm usually on the mountain Valley spring sparkling water. I mean, everything is the same. I order the same lunch. Usually if it's not leftovers, it's, it's, it's from this restaurant first watch around the corner. I get the quinoa sausage bowl or I get the market hash with eggs over easy. I mean, it's the same thing, which eliminates all these decisions that I used to make about yeah. what am I going to dress? Am I going to hat? No hat. Am I going to put gel in my hair? Am I going to shave? What yeah. shirt am I going to wear? Is that shirt clean? All those decisions that create all this anxiety. And by the time I get to the camera, I'm like, do I look good? Plus I'm exhausted from all the choices. Yes. Yes. I love this. I love this. I think, um, I tell women this all the time. I'm like, okay, if you're, cause I'm, I mean, if you go watch my videos, I'm in a ponytail and a t-shirt or a hoodie 95% of the time. Um, and if you, I tell women this all the time, I'm like, if you're going to focus so heavily on dressing up, like putting yourself in a position where you wouldn't normally look like that, then you're putting too much emphasis on something that doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. If you can't do this, as you, as a, like just who you are, it's going to be, it's going to catch up to you. That burnout is going to become real. You're going to get too hyper-focused on what doesn't matter. So show up as you comfortably you, I mean, you don't have to wear like, I mean, if you want to wear pajamas, like rock on, I'm all for it, but like, just show up as you, you know, genuinely and allow that energy to flow into what you're doing so that you can get your message out there so that you can help people because that's what we're here for. Right. Is, is okay. Yes. The money too, but like, but to help other people see this opportunity and what they can build with it. But if, again, if you're just hyper-focused on stuff that doesn't matter, you're, you're in for a rude awakening at some point. And Tony Robbins says, I agree with this. If you're in your head, you're dead. And if you're constantly obsessed with self, and you're worried about how do I sound, how do I look, da, 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 yep. da, da, all the different things, or you're uncomfortable and you're thinking about how you're uncomfortable and thinking about, well, I don't usually dress like this or look like this, or do I look okay? My pants are too tight. Yeah. yeah you, you know, you're going to not be able to be focused externally on yes. your message. Yes. And I promise you, the way you make people feel, the most important thing is how you make people feel. The second most important thing is what you say. The third and least most important thing is how you 
look. It mm-hmm. does not matter. It's yeah, nearly yeah. irrelevant. It, as a matter of fact, if you have something that's a little bit off or weird, it might make people feel like they can relate to you more. You don't know that uh, you don't really know uh, and, and you have no idea how you're going to make somebody feel when you put too much emphasis on like how you look mm-hmm. and like when you're trying to look um, maybe uh, or present in a way that maybe is not your norm. As we bring this in for a landing, what advice would you have given yourself with the information, experience, and success that you have now when you first got started? Mm. M. Walcott said something the other day that really resonated with me, and I'm going to butcher this, so M, I'm so sorry, but something about like, if you knew that the outcome was going to be a million dollars, what would you do for that? And again, I totally butchered what she said. Sorry, Em. But the idea like behind it is like, okay, if you knew the outcome, if you knew that you were going to be successful, how would you show up? Mm. And I love that. And I feel like more people need to kind of focus on that because if you know that the outcome is going to be amazing, you're going to show up differently. For sure. You're going to show up as that future self. And I think people lose track of that. Again, they get so, you know, psyched out with all the things that need to be done or things that they think they need to be doing or whatever. Right. Um, But just what steps would you take knowing that that's going to lead you to the outcome that you're wanting? Because Mm -hmm. you're just, you're just going to show up differently if you focus on things like that. You, 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 my friend are a legend. You're an inspiration. You're a blessing to us. You're a blessing to your community and your audience, and you're obviously and most definitely a blessing to your family. Um, Nicole, congratulations on your success so far. Um, I see you. You're doing an amazing job. You should be proud of yourself and keep me posted on your journey, okay? Come back and see me. Yeah, love that. Thank you, Dave, so much. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, you can go and you can follow Nicole over at at passive underscore mommy underscore income. You can find her on TikTok and Instagram. She's doing big things in both places. We'll see you back here tomorrow, my friends, for another amazing episode. Every episode, and especially these episodes this week, are worth a re-listen. You can find them on all major podcast platforms. Just type in Wake Up Legendary. You can listen to them on the go. You can re-watch them right here on this Facebook page that we're streaming from. We also upload them to YouTube. My friends, have a fantastic day. Be legendary and get out of here. Peace. We love you.